You know, I had uh, some friends growing up who uh, we went to school together, we went to church together, really involved in church, we're very close, um, and something happened when we were in our 20s, uh, someone in their family um, passed away. And the hurt and the pain that that caused this group of people is caused them to kind of like push away and eject themselves from church and eject themselves from relationship with Jesus. And now they don't really want anything to do with Jesus. You see, pain and suffering and hardship and hurt has the ability to do one of two things in all of our lives. It has the ability to cause us to push away Jesus, push away God, or it has the ability to pull Jesus in to, for us to bring God closer to us. And a lot of people, when they experience pain and they experience suffering, they choose to push God away because they feel like their pain is so much. They feel like they, they're, maybe they're mad at God. They don't understand how God could let this happen. They feel as if maybe God doesn't totally understand what they're going through. Why could God do this if he knows how hard everything is? And we've all had moments like this where things have happened in our lives and we look up to heaven and we say, God, what is happening? Why are you doing this? You know, in this series that we're going through right now, where is God when it hurts? We're, our, our, our hope and our goal is not to just give you a few tips and tricks along the way to help you when you're going through a lot of time uh, of suffering and a hardship. What we want to do in this series is we want to tell you the truth about Jesus. We want to tell you the truth about life. We want to tell you the truth about suffering. And what we want to do is we want to tell you the truth about the hope that all of us have in this room if we are people who follow Jesus. Because if you do follow Jesus in this room, what we have is hope. And today, my hope for you is that if you are in here and you are experiencing some difficulty, you are experiencing suffering, my hope is that you would consider, instead of pushing Jesus away, that you would consider pulling him close and tight. That you consider to bring him closer than he was before. And in order to do that, in order for us, when we experience hardship, to bring Jesus closer, we have to have the appropriate picture as to who Jesus is and what he has done. You know, all of us in this room, we have an idea and picture of what Jesus is like and what he has done. But I can guarantee you that all of you, with whatever picture you have of Jesus in your head, it pales in comparison to the goodness that Jesus actually is. Like all of our pictures of Jesus fall short to describing how good he actually is to us in our life. He's, he's better, I can assure you, whatever picture you have of Jesus, he's better than you can imagine. He's more good than you think. And today, we're going to look at one of the truths about Jesus. We're going to look at this beautiful truth that we actually have the Savior who suffered for you and for me. We actually have the Savior who suffered so that our suffering could be healed. And so today... My hope and my goal is that your affections would be stirred for Jesus as we begin to paint the picture of who Jesus is by going to what Scripture teaches us about Jesus. 
And at the end of this message, my, my hope is that you would leave here loving Jesus more than when you came in. My prayer is that you would just, you would be so excited to lean in and pull Jesus in because he's better than you could have ever thought. And so the question that we're going to answer today is this. How does Jesus' suffering help me in my suffering? Like how, how does this other person's suffering impact what I have going on here? That's the question we're going to answer today. And we're going to look at three truths and paint, that paint the picture of who Jesus is is. And the first truth that we're going to look at today is this. Jesus' suffering helps me in my suffering by bringing me ultimate healing. The reason Jesus suffered and how this impacts you and your suffering is that his suffering brings ultimate healing. In 700 before Jesus uh, was a human being on the earth, the prophet Isaiah, he spoke of a coming savior. And the, the person that he described did not sound like a very good thing that we would probably want for us. Um, he, he described this in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. He says of Jesus, he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows. Do you want that nickname for you? I don't. That doesn't sound awesome. Uh, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs, and he has carried our sorrows. Yet we seem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he, he was pierced, not for his stuff, but for our transgressions. He was crushed, not because he deserved it, but because of our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and by his wounds we are healed. If you're a Christian in the room, this sounds very familiar because you really can't really hear and understand the gospel without first understanding this idea that Jesus' suffering was because of our sin, that Jesus absorbed our sin on the cross, and he gave us his righteousness, and we give him, gave him our punishment, and he dealt with it. He, he took care of it, and he did this so that he could save us, that we could have a home in heaven for eternity with him forever, and so that we can be healed, and we can be in a place where there is no more weeping, no more crying, no more hurt, and no more pain. Jesus absorbed the punishment of our sin. It says he's borne our griefs and he's carried our sorrows. Do you need someone to bear your griefs and carry your sorrows today? Jesus says he was, he was pierced. He was literally pierced for your transgressions, the things that you did that was wrong. He was crushed for your iniquities, for your sin. And what's the result of this suffering? Is this kind of this mindless, meaningless suffering? No, no, no. There was a purpose for it. And it says this, upon him, the chastisement, the punishment that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are what? Healed. We are healed. What this means is that there was a purpose to Jesus' suffering. He suffered and he bore the pain of our sin so that he could heal us. And this is beautiful news. 
But what we learned last week from Pastor Bruce in the first week of our series is that we live, even though Jesus came and he did what he did to offer us healing, we still live in a sin-saturated world. We live in a fallen world. And even those who follow Jesus cannot opt out of suffering. Do you know this? We can't do this. And as Christians in 2024, we live in between Genesis chapter 3, where sin entered and death entered and hardship and suffering entered, and Revelation chapter 21, where God will one day deal totally, fully with sin and death and suffering. And we live right here, where we still feel the, the, the effect and the experiences of, of sin, but right now God still saves people. And he transforms people. And he gives them a new heart. And he gives them a new life. He gives them a new forever destination in heaven. And what's great about God is that even, even right now, even though we've not totally, absolutely been like everything taken care of, with, where we forget about death, we forget about suffering, God right now, Jesus, will give you peace in the midst of suffering. Like he, you can hold peace and suffering in the same hand because Jesus is here with us. And we can actually receive this peace that surpasses all understanding. Jesus says, uh, hey, take my yoke upon you because my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Jesus wants to bear your burdens. It's incredible what Jesus offers us. Like we should all follow Jesus in here because of that alone. That's incredible. But listen, even though Christians can have this idea where, where we, are, we have peace in the middle of suffering right now, if we're honest, we still feel the sting of suffering, don't we? If we lost a loved one, God can be there for you. He can help you. He will sustain you until we get to a place where God will eventually take care of everything. And he will take care of everything. And the beauty of Jesus' suffering, it shows us that he will ultimately one day fix everything. And he promises to one day totally eliminate pain and suffering to the point where the people in your life that have so hurt you that every time you think about them, you ask God to like, God, would you grace wash over me? Would you help me? And you get through. Um, you won't have to experience the, the going back to the, the well of always needing more grace, more grace to cover this pain in your life because that pain will be taken away. Maybe for you, you lost a family member, and even though the Lord is helping you and Jesus is ministering to you and he's giving you a peace and he's giving you a joy, it still sings, doesn't it? One day, it will not hurt anymore. Maybe for some of you, you carry like this physical pain always in your life, and God is giving, he's sustaining you and he's helping you and he's giving you grace and he's getting, helping you make it through. But one day, Jesus will fix that totally, and you won't experience that pain anymore. Maybe for you, you've been, you've been so hurt by some people and betrayal that wrecked your life, that won't hurt the way it hurts right now forever. And the reason we can say that is because of what happens in Revelation chapter 21. It says in verse 4, and this is amazing news, and as Christians, we need to always remind ourselves of what this says, and this is what it says. It says, he will, Jesus, wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. And neither shall be mourning or crying or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Mourning and crying and pain in the new kingdom of God is a former thing. Isn't that amazing? And this is what he says. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. 
and as people who live with like brokenness in us, we long to have God make everything new. And Jesus, he suffered and he hurt and he bled so that one day we would forget what suffering and mourning and hurt and crying and pain ever felt like. This is why Jesus suffered. This is why it matters that we know that Jesus suffered. And if we want to pull Jesus in in times of hardship and suffering, we have to always refocus our eyes off of the here and now and look up towards heaven and remind ourselves of who God is and what we have coming for us and the future hope that we get to enjoy. And the problem, this is really difficult. Like, I understand I'm saying this, and it sounds really, like it's, this is a really difficult task for people. But as followers of Jesus, one thing that we need to get really, really good at is, look, is breaking the eye contact with the here and now that is, like, so big, and it's so impossible. And we need to, like, as much as we can, ask the Lord to help us. Can you shift my eyes towards heaven? Can you shift my eyes towards Jesus? And it's a really difficult task. And we know this is a really difficult task, because have you ever been around a high schooler? Um, have you ever been around a high schooler who thinks high school is all there is? You know what I'm saying? Like you've been around, like the, when a high schooler, you've been around high schoolers where they're just like, this is the worst day of my life and nothing will ever get better. I didn't make the team. I'm a failure forever. Like this is, this is we laugh because all of, a lot of us in here, we've graduated high school. And we realize that, man, all the stuff that I was caring about and worrying about was not as big a deal as I thought it would be. You know? Like high school, for, for us in the, in the grand scheme of our life, is like a blimp, blip, blip on the radar. Thank the Lord for some of us. <laughs> but like this is a big deal. And like I got together, I've been out of high school for just like a few years now, but um, <laughs> I got together with some buddies from high school the other day. And like even like, even like the bad stuff, like hey, it's not a big deal. But even like the really good stuff of like, my, I had like some really smart people that I was friends with. And my buddy was a uh, valedictorian, got his school paid for. And he's just, we were all like hanging out and talking. He's like, guys, it just doesn't matter. I was, I got the perfect grades. I'm a librarian now. It doesn't matter. He's like, this is fine, but like, what's the, like, it's not as big a deal as we thought. And in the same way, for, for a high schooler, how difficult it is for them to like lift their eyes to like outside of high school. As Christians, we need to be people who are constantly lifting our eyes outside of what we currently have going on, both the good things and the bad things in our lives. We have to realize, that, hey, this is, this is, you know, this is important. We need to feel what we need to feel, but we need to remember that high school is not all there is, that this life is not all there is. And we need to always keep looking up towards Jesus, keep looking up towards away from the things that are temporal and keep looking up towards the things that will last for eternity. Followers of Jesus, we need to remember that if you, if your story isn't good, your story isn't over. Maybe for some of you, if your story is good right now, you need to remember that your story is going to get even better. This is the hope that we have. Why can we have this hope? That one day everything will be totally taken care of? Because Jesus suffered for us. And he suffered to make all things new. He suffered to bring us ultimate healing. And we live in this in-between Genesis and Revelation life where we have to hold suffering and the grace of God with us that he pours out onto us. But we need to remember 
that it won't always be this way. That God will make all things new. And we need to remember, just like that old hymn, we need to turn our eyes upon Jesus. We need to look full into his wonderful face. And as we, as we do this, the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We need to remember that Jesus' suffering provides us ultimate healing. But that's not it. The second thing that we need to remember is that Jesus' is suffering uh, helps me in my suffering by showing me that he understands what I'm going through. Like Jesus actually understands what you're going through. You know, the author of Hebrews, when trying to articulate how special of a savior Jesus is, he calls him our great high priest. And uh, in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, um, the high priest's job was to represent the people and to uh, offer up a sacrifice on behalf of the people to wash away the sin of the group. And this high priest had to be someone who was set apart. They had to be different than other people. You know, they, 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 had, to be, they had to be someone who was, who was uh, you know, they, they couldn't themselves come in with sin. Otherwise, that's not going to work. Uh, and the author of Hebrews calls Jesus our high priest. And what's different under this new covenant is that Jesus is our high priest who offers up himself as a sacrificial lamb. And he offers himself, and because of that, uh, it's amazing. And by by itself, like that's really good news, that like Jesus offers up himself for us. But what the author of Hebrews goes on to do, uh, it tells something very interesting about the nature of God and what he has done for us. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says this, Since then we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Let's hold fast to the fact that Jesus is Lord. Let's hold fast that we can hold, we can believe in what he says and what he has done. And this is where it gets really, really interesting. It says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. You know, Jesus, he was 100% God, and he was 100% man. He was positionally able to, as God, like, take care and deal with the sin of the world because he was God, but he was also 100% man, meaning uh, he was a man who experienced weakness. It is called of Jesus that he was acquainted with grief. Like, think about this. Jesus stubbed his toe. Like, the, off, the creator of the universe, like Jesus was the architect of creation, and yet he decided to wrap himself in weakness, wrap himself in humanity to save us. Which means that he stubbed his toe, he felt hunger. Jesus, he felt betrayal from friends. Jesus, he felt... Uh, rejection by people. Jesus experienced injustice. Jesus watched the death of a close friend. Jesus experienced agony and anxiety. Jesus experienced temptation, yet he did not sin. 
because he was human, he was tempted in every respect. And unlike you and I, he actually like made it through on the other side, sinless. And what did this do? What did this act do? What this did when he, when he, the incarnation, how he came in here and he lived a sinless life and he withstood and experienced all these things. The first thing that it did is he, he, he provided us a sinless sacrifice. The only way that he was going to be able to take care of our sin was to be the perfect sacrifice. And he provided the sinless sacrifice for us. But there's another thing that he did. By doing this, he became a God who experienced what we experienced. He became a God who experienced pain. He became a God who experienced suffering. What this proves is that Jesus is not this like far off religious leader who just stands up in his ivory tower and throws down get out of hell free cards. What this proves, what this suffering savior proves is that Jesus is a God who got down in the mud with us, who got dirty, who reached down with us and experienced the filth and the pain that we all experience. And guys, this is so important for us to understand and realize as we paint the picture of Jesus because we need to remember that God, he knows what you're going through. He suffered so that he would be able to sympathize and empathize and hold your hand and say, I know what you're feeling. I know what you're going through. And it's important to have somebody uh, understand what you're feeling, right? Like one of the most powerful, there's, there's a phrase that involves two words. It's one of the most powerful phrases you can have when someone is experiencing suffering. And this is it. Do you guys know what it is? This is it. You too. You too. You know, my uh, little brother James has Down syndrome, which means I'm a part of a very special club. And every time that I meet someone else who has a sibling with Down syndrome, our eyes meet and we get really excited and we look at each other and we say, you too? You too? And there's that instant connection. That's why when we go to things like grief share and we go to things like restoration recovery and we go to things like mom's groups, And we hear the stories of people, and we look at each other, and we say, you too. There's there's a closeness that that brings. There's like a, a measure of healing that that brings, and it's amazing. You know, you, you might have seen this, uh, this uh, story, but there was this uh, little boy, uh, one-year-old boy named Joseph Tidd, and he went viral for posting, a, uh, he, his parents posted a picture of him and this professional soccer player from the Orlando Pride uh, named Carson Pickett. And they posted a picture together and it went viral. Why did this go viral? Why, what, makes, what connects like a little one-year-old boy with like a professional athlete? Um, and this is the picture. Both Tid and Pickett are both missing their lower left arms. And what's amazing that it said in the, the article that after this, that Tid, on his way home, uh, he was just looking at his arm and giggling. And they asked him why, and he said, because he knew he had a new friend. You know, as we paint the picture of Jesus in our hearts, one thing that we have to make sure that we know and we don't forget 
is that we serve a God who knows what we're going through. We serve a God who was tempted in every respect that we are, but without sin. And even though he did not sin, he bore the punishment and the weight of our sin on himself. He absorbed everything that we should have had. He experienced pain. He experienced separation. Like, this is incredible. Like, the, the peak of humanity that God was was a limitation for him. But Jesus took this for us. And now when we get to eternity, we could look at Jesus' arm. And we, look, we can look at his hand. And we can look at his feet. And we can look at his side. And we can get to look at him and say, you suffered too? You didn't have to. But literally, the physical scars of Jesus prove that he suffered not only just to save you, to give you ultimate healing, but to show you that he knows what you're going through. He knows what you're going through. Does this make you love Jesus even more? He gets you. We need to remember that. And the third and final truth, Jesus' suffering helps me in my suffering by proving that he wants to be close with me. By proving that he wants to be close to me. There's a part of the verse in Hebrews where we didn't get to, and I want to read that part right now. Because of all the things that we just read in Hebrews, it says this, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You know, what did, what did God accomplish when he saved us and when he redeemed us? Um, what, did, what did God do? What was like the end result of this? It was for God to be able to be close to us again. You see, the, the essence and the core of Christianity is about people communing with God. It's about people walking and talking and enjoying the Lord. Paradise in the garden before sin entered in Genesis 3 was man and woman walking and talking and enjoying the Lord. And what God so desires for us today, he, and the reason he sent Jesus to do what he did was so that we could walk with and talk with and be with God. That's what he wants. God wanted to be close to you so badly that he sacrificed his son. He... If there was any other way to do this, he would have done it. But there was no other way. And he wanted to be so close to you so badly that Jesus suffered for you. He suffered for you. Sin separated us. Jesus redeemed us. He made a bridge between us and the Father. And now his desire is to know you and to be close with you. And if you're feeling hurt, if you're feeling broken, if you're feeling it right now, just know that if you are in Christ Jesus, if you if given your life to him, his desire is that you would be close. And one verse that gives me so much comfort, one of my favorite verses in Psalm chapter 34, and it says this, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. Are you brokenhearted today? What you need to remember is that God's word, when he's revealing himself about Jesus, as you paint the picture of Jesus in your head, if you are brokenhearted today, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. 
and he saves those crushed in spirit. Another translation says, he lifts those whose spirit is crushed. We need to remember that we serve a God who suffered so that he could be close to us, so that he could lift us up, so that he could be with us. And there's something about nearness that impacts you, you know? You know, two years ago, right after we got done with our Christmas services, Christmas Eve services here at Crosspoint, I got a call uh, from my dad in Missouri telling me that, that his dad, my grandpa, passed away. And, you know, it's one of those moments where you, in, when I got that call, I just so badly wanted to be near to my family. Like, I wanted to be near to my dad. I wanted to be near to my, my, my siblings and my mom, my aunts and my uncles and my cousins. And eventually we were able to go to Missouri. And the first time that I saw my dad, I was talking to him a lot, but the first time I was like actually near with him, we just like embraced. And we just hugged. And when I got to be with my family, there wasn't a lot of like solutions being thrown around, but there was a lot of just presence together. Like there is a measure of healing when you can just be with people. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we discovered during COVID, this mass experiment uh, to be separated from everybody. We discovered that Zoom wasn't enough, right? We discovered that we, like a phone call didn't replicate being in the presence of somebody. There's a measure of healing that comes with being close. And what God so badly wanted to do, God didn't call us. God did not FaceTime us. God did not like send a letter. What God did is he sent himself. And he suffered so that we could be close to him. What's amazing about God is that he didn't just suffer to bring us ultimate healing. If he did that, if he just suffered to bring us ultimate healing one day, that would be enough to praise him forever. Like we could sing for eternity the praises of a God who just came to offer us healing one day, but he didn't just do that. We serve a God who, in addition to that, um, was able to sympathize and empathize with us because he went through everything, but he didn't just do that. We serve a God who, on top of the fact that he's bringing us ultimate healing, that he knows what we're going through, we serve a God who so desperately wants to be close to you. He's not a God who's far off. He's a God who wants to be close. He suffered so that he can walk with you every single day, so that he can be with you, to hold you when you think that you feel like you're just going to drop or faint to lift our head when we feel crushed. And I recognize in a room like this, um, there's some weight that you carry that no one will ever totally understand the full brunt of the pain and the suffering that you, that you feel and that you have in your life right now. And for some of you, it's really hard to find comfort in the fact that Jesus will bring ultimate healing because it's so hard right now. And I don't want to minimize your pain because it is really hard. Things are really difficult. Situations can be very impossible. And maybe you have a hard time understanding and feeling that God understands what you're going through because I'm, I'm so hurt that I don't, I, I don't know if I'm there yet where I can fully enjoy that can I just make one last request for you today? 
Maybe if you're in a season like this and you, don't, you can't totally wrap your, your heart and your mind around these first two things, will you please, instead of pushing Jesus away during your suffering, would you just pull him close? Would you pull him close? Because the amazing thing about Jesus is that even though he is truth, and we've discussed a lot of the truth, that it is the reality of life and life in Christ, um, God is not like one of those parents, those dads, who's like, hey, I said the truth, get it together, figure it out, you know? God is a loving father who comes alongside his kids, and even though we're not there yet, he's like, I'm going to be with you right here, and I will help you every single day if you let me. And I'm going to keep bringing you towards the truth over here because that's who I am. I am truth. But one of my names also that is given to me is Wonderful Counselor. And sometimes we just need a Wonderful Counselor to be with us. And if you are in here and you have accepted Jesus, you've given everything over to him, you've turned from your sin to follow Jesus, you have a Wonderful Counselor available to you. And in here, you may be so hurt by the situation in your life pull Jesus closer. But in order to pull Jesus closer, you have to paint the picture of who Jesus is as based on what he's told us about himself. And we need to remember that we can be okay, that, his, that our suffering can be made okay because we do have a God. We do have a Jesus who suffered so that we can ultimately be made whole. We do have Jesus who suffered because he wanted to understand what we were going through. And we do have a God, we do have a Jesus who suffered so that he could be close to us. He can be with us. And even right now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, as you seek him, you will find him. God is not far off. And if you're suffering, he's even closer than you think. And so today, I don't know where you're at. I don't know the situation that's going on in your life. Um, but I do need to let you know that eternity is coming. And the stuff that hurts so bad right now that God can absolutely help you with, that he will wonderfully bring you towards right now, one day, everything will be made new. I can't, I couldn't write and picture a better version of a Savior than who God has revealed himself to be. And my prayer for you is that you would understand who God is. And understand what Jesus did and how his suffering has impacted you and pull him close. Would you pray with me? Now I want to encourage anybody in here. Maybe you're in here and you are going through it. But right now you don't know if you've ever like turned from your sin to trust Jesus. And you hear about all these amazing benefits that come from leaning into the suffering Savior, but you yourself have never turned your heart over to Jesus. If you want the peace and the comfort and the future home in heaven that comes from relationship with Jesus, you need to like right now make this moment like a stake in the ground moment where you just give your life over to Jesus. You need to believe what he said about himself. You need to confess your sin to him. You need to offer up your life for him. And when you do that, you will begin the journey of experiencing this amazing Savior that we have. And for those of you who have already accepted Jesus and you were going through stuff, what you need to do is to remind yourself always to fix your eyes, not on what is here, but what is future to come. 
We need to recognize and paint the appropriate picture of who Jesus really is. And we need to choose to every single day try to lean in closer to Jesus. And it is only then when we get to experience the power of the suffering Savior and how he's come to heal and he's come to save. I want to give a moment for the people who um, maybe they're not sure where they stand with God. I want to give you an opportunity today to make sure that you're part of God's family. So if that's you today and you want to begin a relationship with God and, ex- and enjoy the suffering Savior, would you pray this with me in your heart and in your, in your spirit and your mind? Say, Jesus, I need you. I can't do what I'm doing alone anymore. I need you to take away my sin. I need you to give me a new heart. I need you to give me a new mind. God, I want this healing that you talk about in your word. But God, I give everything over to you. You can have my life. You can have my plans. I give all over to you for you to be my Lord and my Savior, to do with me whatever it is you want to do. I give you my life. And if you prayed that prayer today, one thing I want to encourage you to do, like a, a just immediate next step, I'd encourage you before, as you leave service, take that connection card that's in the seat back in front of you and just check the box. Man, I pray to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And if you drop it in the boxes as you leave, our pastoral staff would love to contact you and let you know how, what it means to really follow Jesus and show you how we can support you in any way. And for my brothers and sisters in here, the people who follow Jesus, who have made that decision already, maybe right now you just need to do some business with God and give God the pain that you, you, you're holding and ask God to remind you of the truths that he has in his word and hold you when it seems impossible. Jesus, I... You are so good. You're better than we could have ever imagined. God, I pray that every single person in this room would paint the appropriate picture of who you are. And I pray that today and this week and every week that we would draw closer to you, that we would lean in to you because you are the only hope that we have. God, where could we go? We don't have anywhere else to go. There is no better option than this. God, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you that you suffered to bring us healing, to show us that you understand and to prove that you want to be close to us. I pray that this week we would really feel that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.